Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Sing. And that's when I went to Jordan and Lane and um, some actual musicians. We'll start, yeah, we'll start with White Christmas. <laughs> I said, I, I, I am dreaming of Christmas. We got some great weather. Y'all got to love it right here, baby. Hit the fun part. Put a bow on it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Except you, Dallas. <laughs> man, everybody's ragging on the Dallas Cowboys. They can't get any love or any respect. Oh, man. That's what the uh, everybody on 31 other teams feels what Aaron Rodgers feels about the Dallas Cowboys. And this matchup that they have in Week 16 with the number one seed Philadelphia Eagles coming to town. 13-1 and Eagles, 10-4 and Cowboys. They have 23 combined wins between the two of them. This actually would be the best meeting in terms of win-loss record that we have seen between these two teams, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't necessarily pass the eye test considering these last the last couple weeks for the Dallas Cowboys. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. The guys are out today. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, taking you up until your holiday weekend right here on ESPN Radio, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. So it's been a week, Freddie. I mean, you and I have been on here every day talking about Jalen Hurts and his and his sprained shoulder. We did find out that he will be out for this game, not available to play. The Philadelphia Eagles are handing the reins of this offense to Gardner Minshew, who will fill in for mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts down right. in Dallas. And the Dallas Cowboys, a team that backed its way into the postseason because it took the Commanders losing in Week 15 for them to clinch a playoff berth, they're trying to figure out where things stand and how to get back on track. So when you talk about pressure-bursting pipes, I don't feel like there's any other team in the NFL right now that that term applies to than the Dallas Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys have never done well, Courtney, when adverse situations happen. We've seen that time and time again, and they try to overcome it by talking it into existence and hoping that it's going to take root and hoping that's going to land well, and it very rarely does. Mm-hmm. And we can say that the pressure's more on the defense to play better, that Dak Prescott has to play better. I'll give you somebody else that they better have a good game on Sun- on Saturday, and that guy's Kellen Moore, the offense coordinator, because we know they can score. We've seen them have the ability to do that. They can put up a 24-28 burger on anybody in the National Football mm-hmm. League. Hell, they almost did to the Philadelphia Eagles in the first meeting, down 20 to nothing with Cooper Rush. Then they scored 17 in a row and frightened everybody to death in that earlier game this year. But if you're Kellen Moore, we always talk about what are you going to be. 
and what kind of identity that you need to present that a team has to take away and you can't take away from your team. I think his play calling tomorrow, not just for Dak Prescott, but also for that running game and help out your defense, is going to be paramount. Because I know the guys on the other side, the guys calling plays for Philadelphia, that offense, I know they're going to put Gardner Minshew in the best possible positions so he can succeed taking over Jalen Hurts. Can Kellamore do that consistently with a team that offensively should be able to put up 31, 35 points on anybody? I don't care how good your defense is because they have that kind of talent. But if we talk about pressure on Dak Prescott, hey, Kellamore. You better stand up and be counted as well as offensive coordinator and don't be an inconsistent offense despite the fact that you can put up points in bunches really, really quickly. Well, in order for Kellen Moore to be successful, Freddie, in the plays that he is calling, he needs Dak Prescott to take care of the ball. Like, that's just been a problem in recent weeks. And, of course, you go back to the Jacksonville game. That game was sealed by an interception that I don't think we can put on Dak, and I don't think anybody is putting on Dak mm-hmm. because of how it bounced off of his receiver and into the hands of the Jacksonville DB who ran it back. But – He's got to play better. 11 interceptions in a season, that's an anomaly for Dak Prescott. And right now, he has the worst interception rate in the NFL, and it's not even close. I mean, if Jalen Hurts was playing in this game, it'd be a complete discrepancy because he has the third lowest interception rate. But obviously, that's not been an issue for Gardner Minshew either. Since he got into the league in 2019, he has the sixth best touchdown-to-interception ratio of really any quarterback that qualifies with a minimum number of starts. But I... I just feel like so much of this is going to ride on Dak Prescott trying to revert back to form in a way, like the good version of him. And I know that there have been moments when you think about this team not being able to score in the fourth quarter in overtime in Green Bay, and then what happened in you know against the Houston Texans where it took a 98-yard drive in the waning moments of that game to be able to beat a one-win Houston Texans team. And then, of course, what happens last week – Dak doesn't get all of the blame, but he does shoulder a majority of it. And I think the pressure's on him as a quarterback who got a big bag last offseason to be able to to get that thing back on track because this team is too talented to be in a spot where we're questioning how far they're going to go in the postseason based on just the sloppiness of this team the last couple weeks. And that's why I put some of that on Kellamore as well to make sure you put your quarterback in the best positions where he can make those kind of plays. And your point is valid. Like not throwing a bomb Prescott. on third and 11 when you can very yeah. easily just like run the exactly. ball and try to yeah. take some time yeah. off the it's clock? Stuff like, like that. that is mind-boggling because when you – sometimes it's not about what the situation brings to you. It's what you bring to the situation. And I looked at that play on the third down and 10 against Jacksonville. That was not the time to go for a shot play. It's one thing if you do that and you see a guy fall down and you throw the ball down there, I get it. But that was not the time to say, okay, now we need to go for a big play here and try to do something like that. And I thought they were really, really bad after having a 27-10 to 10 lead mm-hmm. and not doing a better job putting better plays in place for Dak Prescott and that running game. That's why I put Kellen Moore in the spotlight when it comes to that because you know Dak Prescott is struggling at times and having these early interceptions where all of a sudden it changes the momentum of a game. Then as an offensive coordinator, what are you going to do to say, okay, i got to put him in a position where – He's not going to make that bad throw. And if he makes that bad throw, it's not going to be a pick. It has to be not just safe throws, but it's got to be economical throws. And at times we've seen the Cowboys try to go for that big shot or try to make that big play. Big plays usually happen organically. You don't have to go hunt for them. Sometimes they'll hunt you and you take advantage of those plays. We've seen Philadelphia do that. And mark my words. Gardner Minshew is going to have a big player, too, where he doesn't have to force it. He can get the ball of his guys and let them make plays. 
That is something that we got to see more of from CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and all those other guys. It can't just be about Dak Prescott trying to make that big play happen. You got to allow that big play to happen in the fabric of the game and take advantage of an Eagles defense that even though they're really good against the run, you can still get some points in this Eagles defense and make plays on them too. And to your point, like they were up 27-10, to 10, by the way, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app, Courtney Kern and Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys. Like The offense did its job in Jacksonville to get back in that game. Remember, they only lost by six points. It was 40-34 to 34 in overtime. When is the real Dallas Cowboys defense going to show up? Like, does anybody yeah, have know. the answer to that? I know that yeah. Micah Parsons and, and Trayvon Diggs had an ill. Trayvon Diggs had illnesses. I don't know if they're the same thing. They were. They're questionable for Sunday. They're obviously going to play because you know you you have the time between now. Excuse me, Saturday uh, to where they should be okay, but. When are they going to become impact players that we're talking about again? It's been a while since Micah Parsons has had those sorts of moments, and I know that this was the game that he had circled. He had talked about it well in advance, as we know. Like, is this going to be the time that he gets back on track and starts bolstering his defensive player of the year campaign? Because, honestly, it right, right now it feels like they fell off a bit, and I yeah. don't think that that's an unfair thing to say for a team that – was just thriving on takeaways earlier this season, and that's kind of gone away. I mean, Micah Parsons had six has six games a season with at least two full sacks, and he's had one of the fastest, hottest starts. I don't think anybody can deny that whatsoever of any defensive player since he entered the league, but he's cooled off as of late, and I know that this is a very good Eagles offensive line that they're going up against, probably the most complete team in the NFC. But if you're Dallas and you're a team that has been able to pressure quarterbacks at a very high rate and force takeaways and, and come up with those and give your offense more opportunity to score points because they're getting the ball back that often, that's what you have to recapture this weekend when you play your division rival. We haven't seen the real Cowboys defense to that level since 33 days ago when they put it on Minnesota 40-3 to because yeah. the first time Kirk Cousins dropped back the pass – he and Micah Parsons were wearing the same jersey. And it changed the game from that first possession because Minnesota went, oh, blank. We can't block these guys. Then you blinked your eyes. It was 40-3, to three, and they were making big plays all over the place. And you look at the big plays that happened in that game. That little short pass to Tony Pollard, and boom, down the sidelines for 60-plus yards for a touchdown. They weren't forcing things. They let things happen because the running game was working, and they were able to feed off of that and take care of one-on-one pressures and one-on-one advantages on the outside. That's the last time, in my opinion that we've seen a complete Dallas Cowboys team. When you score 40 points on somebody, it's hard to get 20 on people in the International Football League, even in modern football. But that defense set the tone. We have not seen a complete performance like that from that defense since 33 days ago against Minnesota. You won't see it again on Saturday, but it's got to be better against the run. You can't allow the Philadelphia Eagles, and I like what I call, they have a take-your-manhood running game away from you, where they say, we're running the ball right here. What are you going to do about it? And plenty of times people can't do anything about it. And that is not going to change because Jalen Hurts is not going to be there. They're still going to pound the rock at a team that has a lot has had a lot of trouble stopping them when it comes to Dallas. So if they're going to be a complete team again. It's got to start where guys said you're not going to run the football, then we get after your quarterback. If those things don't happen, guess what? Dallas is going to be 10-5 and five by the time Christmas morning rolls around. That's the big one on Christmas Eve. And since it is Christmas Eve, Eve, December 23rd, we want to wish you and yours a happy Festivus. Now's your chance to air your biggest sports so grievance. Another 
Festivus hit us miracle. up on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's your biggest sports grievance from the 2022 calendar year? Freddie and I get into that next here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Best Festivus ever. Number two, Michigan. Versus number three, TCU. Touchdown, TCU. Followed by top-ranked Georgia facing number four, Ohio State. You talk about energy in a building. The college football playoff. Coverage begins New Year's Eve at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. In 15 <laughs> minutes, are the Cincinnati Bengals the best team in the AFC, or is somebody going to file a grievance over that oh, claim? Boy. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Freddie Coleman, Courtney Cronin, wishing you and yours a happy holiday season. And since t- today is December 23rd, it's Festivus. So this is your chance to air all of your sports grievances mm-hmm. from the 2022 year here on ESPN Radio. The number to get in on the Dr. Pepper call in line triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's start with Nichols in South Carolina. Nichols, you're on ESPN Radio. What's your biggest sports grievance of the year? Yeah, good morning, folks. That's uh, that's Nichols and that's North Carolina. But um, first of all, uh, awesome shows all week. Thanks a lot for that. Appreciate My you. Biggest, Appreciate you. Yeah, fantastic. My biggest um, sports grievance right now is. Everybody seems so willing to want to cut Zach Wilson loose. 
I say give the young fella, you know, give the young fella some more time. I mean, the, the, the great D. Wood yesterday made a wonderful point. He said, you know, if he were in the locker room, he would take the young fella under his wing, try to mentor him, you know, try to try to lead him in the right direction. I think the guy can still play. I think the off season. I believe we're going to see that 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 old Zach get some get some good coaching and and he'll come back next season you know ready to play at a high level of the quarterback position. So so let's just give him some more time. Hey, one more thing. Sure. As far as I'm concerned, he's he is no Sisyphus. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> look at you. Hey, look Nichols, at you. For the call. That was <laughs> Little a good Greek one. mythology. Well done by him. <laughs> and I'll say this: when it comes to Nichols and speaking as a Jets fan, I want to believe that that to give him more time, and I think you make a fair point because we should not just be ready to cut bait on Zach Wilson. But when you're the second pick in the draft and you're making the same mistakes in year two that you made in year one with a team that's ready-made now, I understand why people have that grievance to say, you need to move on from this guy because this is not going to get any better. Courtney, we'll see exactly what the Jets are going to decide one way or the other. They have a lot of interesting things to think about going into the offseason. I know time is one of those resources that if it was so widely available, it would be you know, very expensive to purchase. And time is of the like essence that. here. Like You just don't have a whole lot of it. And I don't know if this is going to go the Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, uh, Josh Rosen sort of route. But, Freddie, it feels like we're on the verge of that because you saw a quarterback last mm-hmm. night, a starting quarterback in the NFL, the former number two overall pick, get benched for somebody who has 25 yeah. career snaps. Yep. 25 career yeah. snaps. They didn't even think stars, twice about it. Snaps. And, and Robert Sala's like, I've seen enough. And it didn't yep. come right after the interception that he threw in the second quarter. It came in the third quarter where he basically waved the white flag and said, mm-hmm. this other guy – Chris Streveler, who I still don't know who he is. Playing so the if CFL. Call, if you callers do, please enlighten us. Um, they thought that he gave them a better chance to galvanize this team that could only score three points last night. Yeah, and it's to, just it's yeah. just at a point now where it feels like the point of no return for the New York Jets and Zach Wilson. Not saying that he's not going to get a chance somewhere else, like mm-hmm. we talked about with Rob Ninkovich, but I feel like his time as a New York Jets starting quarterback Time has run out on yeah. Zach Wilson. It doesn't help that anytime they put somebody else in for Zach Wilson, they look better, and the teams look better. We saw that last That's night. The dagger right there. He comes in, and he got more first downs in that drive than Zach Wilson got in almost three quarters. And we saw Mike White was able to do the minute that he got in. It's never good that the guy that's replacing you comes in and everybody feels better about that guy instead of you. That kind of, that kind of environment is never conducive to success no matter who you are and no matter what position you play. The Jets started 5-2. and two. They are now 7-8 and eight with two final games to play at Seattle and Miami. Their playoff hopes all but out the window at this point and very well might be the same for Zach Wilson as a New York Jets quarterback. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman taking your calls on the Dr. Pepper call-in line regarding your biggest sports grievance of the year. It's how we're celebrating Festivus here Festivus. on this Friday morning. Let's Miracle. go out to Rick in Dayton. Rick, you're on ESPN Radio, what you got? Uh, happy holidays, everybody. You too. Uh, my biggest grievance is how the uh, referees just uh, pick and choose when they call uh, pass. Uh, oh, God. I'm getting Roughing old. I can't remember. But, uh, Roughing the passer? Uh, uh, Roughing the passer. Yeah, yeah. I've watched the replay with the Jalen Hurts hit, and that guy did a belly smacker on his, uh, on his shoulder. And a couple weeks ago, 
uh, Joey Bosa got called, and his hit was nowhere near that bad. Thanks a lot. You guys have a good one. You Appreciate too. it, Rick. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I let mean, the church say amen on that one. Have we not been having this grievance aired on Festivus since 2018 <laughs> when they changed the rule, Freddie? It feels like this is something that has no consistency in the way that it's called. You go back to earlier in the season, I believe it was like around week seven or week eight, mm-hmm. and there were all these roughing the passer calls that ended up not – the players ended up not getting fined for them because when the when you know New York went and looked at the tape again, they didn't deem – those to be actual roughing the passer calls. So, of course, the players wouldn't get affected financially. Right. But in terms of the game, this is not called at a at a consistent rate across the board. Like, what's roughing the passer, according to one officiating crew, is not the same to another. And that's a problem in the NFL. Like, you can complain about DPI all you want, and especially, like, what happened at the end of the Giants-Commanders game the other night. But I think the bigger, more egregious error that we're seeing right now is the way that roughing the passer is being called. The worst part about it is, if you look at the rule summary in the NFL rule book, it says roughing will be called if – in the referee's judgment. I'm stopping it right there. Because that shouldn't be a, it should not be a judgment call it, right there. Here's why, to that point, because you can clearly tell when somebody is driving a quarterback into the ground and when a guy is laying up. You have mm-hmm. two eyes in your head. It should be very easy to determine intent and roughing the passer. Now, there are plenty of times that sometimes they don't call roughing the passer. I'm thinking, okay, where were you on that one? Well, especially if a quarterback gets clubbed in the head, you can't have your hands anywhere near the quarterback's head when he's in the pocket as a pocket passer. But that's the problem I have with the interpretation of the rule. The first nine, the first nine words. Roughing will be called if in the referee's judgment. So what is the judgment yeah. at that point? Everybody's judgment is not going to be the same. And how so many there's times? There's no uniformity to it, and that's the problem. If right. you're going to make it a judgment call, yeah. like there has to be something that you see. Not judgment. Like take take the guesswork yeah, out of it. Yeah, don't allow referees NFL, to do that. Yeah, don't allow referees to be judge and jury on that one. That. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Don't allow the referees to be judge and jury on that one because they got enough to deal with anyway as it is that they're going to face scrutiny. You put even more of a judgment call in their lap, and this is what you're going to see these constant inconsistencies when it comes to their judgment and enforcing the rules when it comes to roughing the passer. All right, let's go into the control room. James Steele, noted Chiefs fan, James Steele, has a grievance to air. I can only wonder where you're going to go with this one, Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, like, so we had Damian Woody on yesterday. Here we go. He says, says, like, the Bengals are the best team in the AFC. Here we go. So ridiculous. And I, you know, I sit here every day in this control room, and I have to, you know, I hear he put them, like, third or fourth or Mm -hmm. the Chiefs or, yeah. What what are we doing here? You know what? Yates, hit my music. I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that, too. (laughs) James Real rankings. (laughs) I have wow. my real rankings really? now. Yeah. You're hijacking the Mine. show with this. This yeah. ought to be good. Yeah, you, Mine. You, 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 this is calculated. No, no, no. This is really time. Is. Hey, yeah, hey this my is time now. Yeah. My time Reclaiming now. my time? Reclaiming it. I didn't realize uh, it was Keyshawn, James, and Max, but so, go ahead. So uh, go ahead. Number. Number one. The Chiefs. That's the rankings. That's it. <laughs> it's on the screen. That's the rankings. The best teams in the NFL. So number one, to, the Chiefs. You realize if you're doing it that that's way, it. you'd have to play yourself. Those are the rankings. Losing. See, James, you'll appreciate this. You, as a wrestling fan, you literally declared feats of strength. 
right now. You treated this whole seven like Costanza. That's exactly what you did. You, you're, you're, you're Frank Costanza treating George Costanza in feats of strength. That's what you Number just did. Number two, the Chiefs. Here we go again. Number three, the Chiefs. Keep going. Number four, the Chiefs. And number, number five, the Chiefs. Another well those done. are the real. Those are the real, real rankings. Yeah, really. So, so who are you? Who do you not have making the postseason? Thank you, the like, Chiefs. <laughs> I say matter. by that logic, nothing one of your teams matters. has to lose. Exactly. There, nothing else matters. Number, Number one, six, the Chiefs. Can you imagine what he would sound like, Courtney, if the Chiefs didn't have a Super Bowl in the last seven years? Can you I imagine? Would sound how, sad. Oh yeah, you really would. I didn't think about that. You wouldn't sound mad. You sound sad. I didn't think about that. All right, Q in Wisconsin. <laughs> Go give Chiefs. Us some, either give us your uh, your list of your top five teams and make them all the same team, or you can hit us up with a grievance. What you got? Absolutely not, Courtney. How you guys doing this morning? We're good. Excellent job filling in for the boys. Thank you. So my grievance is not so much 2022, but overall. So I'm from Wisconsin, and my squads get absolutely no love nationally. We win a chip two years ago. Yanni puts up 50 to close it out, and it's yesterday's news before it's even hot. My Packers are consistently dominant. This is the first year we probably won't make the playoffs in I don't know how long. And my Brewers are constantly in it. Mm. You know, all our three of our squads made the playoffs five consecutive years. I'm sorry, Courtney, I don't need to throw shade, but I can't remember the last time the Bears, the Bulls, <laughs> and the Cubbies made the playoffs in the same year. That's uh, all I got to say. What uh, are we doing here? Go Bucks, go Pack, and go crew. <laughs> hey, Chris, that. thanks for the call. I mean, that's the way. If you're going to air out your grievances, you call out the host in the middle of that, too. I know. Uh, well played and well done. Although, did you not have Giannis Antetokounmpo as your number one player and your most dominant <laughs> NBA players currently playing like yep. two days ago? Courtney, I've been beating that drum from Milwaukee constantly because I know they don't get enough respect nationally. But a guy like Giannis, he's must-see TV. He makes Milwaukee must-see TV. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many people – it's not that they don't want to give them credit. I think they're afraid to give the Bucks credit because they think they're going to slight other teams. There's room for everybody. Brooklyn Nets are going to be talked about. The Lakers stink. They always talked about. The New York Knicks are barely good. They get talked about. But you got a team that if this Bucks team played in New York and L.A., we'd be doing 30 for 30s on them each and every day. But because they play in Milwaukee, it's like a lot of people don't want to believe that they are that good and a championship-type team that could do it again maybe for the second time in three years. Okay, so that's that's fair. And I do think that Milwaukee, probably because of the market that, that the Bucks are in, they don't necessarily get the same sort of big market love that a team like the Heat, even when they're not great, yeah. or when they're kind of falling down the Eastern Conference rankings, they still get talked about nationally, Philly, Boston, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. But it, that, I can I can get behind that. Do we not talk about the Green Bay Packers every single day here on all of our ESPN yeah. platforms, digital, linear, yeah. radio, what have you? I feel like yeah. Aaron Rodgers is uh-huh. is the gift that keeps on giving because we are constantly talking about yeah. the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, this is a year where they're probably not going to make the postseason barring a miracle, but I still feel like we talk about them at an alarming rate. Didn't we have Aaron Rodgers watch last offseason where it seemed that Aaron Rodgers, they were seen walking into a hookah bar. <gasps> Point 11. Aaron Rodgers was seen maybe looking at property in Denver. Oh, my goodness. Aaron Rodgers, hey, believe me, if anybody gets more love than Aaron Rodgers, sports-wise, on Sports Talk Radio or nationally, that person does not exist on planet Earth right now. All right. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Be sure to tune in tomorrow night. 
For the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app with all of your holiday time off, which is the number one pick in the Keyshawn, <laughs> J. Will, and Max holiday draft. You can enjoy all of these bowl games on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. But coming up next are the Cincinnati Bengals, the top team, the hottest team in the AFC. Or we're going to have somebody else filing a grievance. That's coming up next. Got another team that clinched a spot in the postseason. And it's the Cincinnati Bengals because the Jets lost last night to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cincinnati is in. They are currently the three seed and leading the AFC North. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and live right now on ESPN2. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman with you here on this Friday morning. Here's what Damian Woody ESPN NFL analyst who was on with us yesterday had to say about the surging Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're the best team in the AFC. Really? Yes, I do. Over Kansas City and Buffalo. Yes, I do. I do. I think think that they've hit their stride. I think the the underrated aspect of their team is their their defense. Their defense has been playing really, really good football. Uh, We saw what happened. We saw what happened last week. Last week in the first half against the Buccaneers, in the, in the first half, they started slow, didn't look great. But when they came out in the second half, they turned it on, both sides of the ball, and they cruised to a, to a big win on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I, I just really impressed with this team all the way around. So the best team right now in the AFC is the Cincinnati Bengals, according to ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody. Let's bring in Sam Macho, ESPN football analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and ask him the same thing. Do you align with that, Sam? I still like the Bills for now, mm-hmm. um, but I don't disagree with the notion that the Cincinnati Bengals are hitting their stride at the right time. So as far as best team, I would go Bills. Right all around, I think they're they're primed and ready to win now. Specifically in the playoffs, you talk about a Super Bowl run. Guys are getting healthy on defense, offensively. Josh Allen is healthy again. the The turnovers we're not seeing that as much. So that's why I like Buffalo. But the thing about Cincinnati is that they find ways to win, right? They can beat anyone when it comes to playoff time. And that's what you notice about them, whether it's Joe Burrow making clutch plays on third down. We saw it a couple weeks ago. was a third and 11 against Kansas City. Even last week made a a clutch third down play. And then their defense playing great football as well. That's what impresses me about this Bengals team. Um, And and the thing about the NFL in December football and January, it's about teams getting hot at the right time. But – don't discount Buffalo because they're finding their stride as well. So you have Buffalo one. Where do you have Kansas City and Cincinnati behind them, Sam? That's good. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely behind them, right? Like, I think I I, I would put Kansas City as far as, like, who am I going to rank? I'm gonna, I could rank Kansas City above them. I have no issues doing that. Sure. But the thing about Cincinnati is that they can beat any of these teams. We saw them beat Kansas City this year, last year, a few times. We know we haven't seen them play Buffalo this year, but – the way that their defense is playing, they could beat Buffalo, right? Even Joe Burrow, he's not afraid of anyone. Talent-wise, they have so many weapons with Jamar Chase healthy again. So rankings actually don't matter at this point. Once you're one of those teams that can win it all, and Cincinnati Bengals are one of those teams, and you're hot in December, that's what matters. A fairly That's tough fair. yeah. defense uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals made life miserable for Tom Brady in a win for the Cincinnati Bengals to extend their streak to six games last week. 
Let's sw- let's flip gears here a little bit to the big one coming up on Saturday, Eagles and Cowboys. Freddie and I have talked about the pressure that Dallas is under right now, and typically when they're in these situations, they they cower in those moments. They don't rise to the occasion. So how much pressure do you think is on Dallas this week and on the season, no matter what happens for them the next couple weeks into the postseason? Well, of course, you don't want to lose to a team that's playing with their backup quarterback, right? Like you don't have – your starter in Jalen Hurts playing if you're Philly. And so Dallas is expecting to win this game. So sure, there's pressure to win, but you already have a playoff spot secured. The real pressure starts in the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. The real pressure for Dallas happens when will you lose again in the playoffs? If you lose this game, of course it looks bad, but you're already slotted right there in that five seed pretty much, right? There's stuff that could still happen. And you have to go and win whoever you're going to play in the playoffs. That's what matters. But outside of that, um, there's not an overly – absurd amount of pressure in my opinion sure okay. there's going to be the court of public opinion sure. but public opinion doesn't matter when you win in the playoffs and you're the Cowboys like no one will remember oh well they lost the Eagles if they go and beat whoever they play in round one so I don't see there as being too much pressure on the Cowboys for this week it'd be nice to get if, if they weren't if they were fighting for a playoff spot and trying to find a way to make it in and that would be a different story, but that's not the story that we have. The story that we have is that they got to find a way to win. They lost in a, a game that I don't even. I'm not going to say they should have won against the Jaguars. But you that, can say it. Jacksonville actually, <laughs> Jacksonville actually played really, really well. Like they actually, and the reason they were down early, they were beating themselves. A turnover by Etn that he coughed the ball up, and then a turnover by Trevor Lawrence. Right, and so that's what actually hurt them. It wasn't the Cowboys quote beating them early in that game. Great stuff by Sam Ocho, ESPN football analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, Javel, and Max with Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Staying with that in terms of, and I think it's a great point, because no one's going to remember games you lost in regular season if you do well in the playoffs. But in your opinion, Sam, what's missing with this team, not just in regular season, but when the playoffs happen, that they don't play up to their talent that they've been able to accumulate down with the Dallas Cowboys? They, they need their big-time players to step up in big moments. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line ranks 29th in the league. We all think, oh, the Cowboys has this great offensive line. Last week, Dak got sacked three times, pressured a few more times. Like, he didn't have time in the pocket. Tyler Smith was getting beat. Tyron Smith was getting beat. Jason Peters were get, was getting beat. All the tackles were getting beat, number one. Number two, your receivers have to make the big-time plays in the big-time moments, and that's what we didn't see. Noah Brown had six catches, two touchdowns, but a critical drop late in the game and in overtime. And so that's what's not happening, at least this time around, for the Cowboys, and that's what's going to need to happen. It's not all on Dak per se. You need to have your other guys step up as well, defensively, receivers, offensive line, better protection. And so the Cowboys have found way – long story short – Last year, we saw the penalties. They found ways to lose. This year, you clean up the penalties. Your guys have to actually play well when it matters. Not just Dak, everyone else around him. Don't put it on one guy if you want to win a Super Bowl or win a playoff game. It's a team sport and a team game. Protection matters. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman talking with ESPN football analyst Sam Macho here on this Friday morning. Sam, you played for the Chicago Bears from 2015 to 18. That's a team that I cover for ESPN.com. And I know recently you were back to speak to this current group. I'm wondering just like if you can tell us a little bit about that experience, but also how you see things playing out for this team against the Buffalo Bills. We're discussing whether that might be a little bit of a trap game 
game for Buffalo because of the way that this Bears team played as of late. Yeah, so a few days ago I got a chance to go and speak, not to the team, but to the staff of the Chicago Bears. I spoke about my new book, which is coming out. I'm going to do a shameless plug like Max. It's called Chain Starts With You. I'm going to show it right here. (laughs) Well done. 6 to 10 a.m., no. But it's called Chain Starts With You, Following Your Fire to Heal a Broken World. And in the book, I talk about what it means to be a change maker. And so I went to talk to the Chicago Bears staff about the Inspire Change initiative, whether it's social justice, which isn't just all police, uh, police community relations. It's about what we did in Chicago when I was playing there. We saw a food desert and we built a a, a food mart, a healthy grocery store in a food desert. That's one easy way to make a change. I say easy because it's not like, well, what do I do? Where do I go? It's like, well, let me just find out an issue and let me work towards solving it. So I talk about some of those lessons that I learned in that book. And I spoke to the entire Chicago Bears staff, right? I love speaking and doing all that kind of stuff. So that was great. Nice specifically for me and, and what I'm doing with the book that's available for pre-order as well, sammachobook.com. But also specifically with the team. So I got a chance to spend time with Ryan Poles, the general manager, spent about a half an hour with him sitting down, met Matt Eberflus, met Jalen Johnson, some of the guys on that team. No, I don't think it's a trap game for the Bills. I think Buffalo will be ready. I think that a lot of the guys on the, you know, I saw Darnell Mooney, one of the best receivers on the Bears on a scooter. So a lot of the Bears guys were either injured <laughs> or gone. Right, Roquan Smith plays for a different team right now, as is Robert Quinn. But I do think this Bears team is building towards something special. And the example I gave when I spoke to the staff, right, 200 and so staff members, you know, ownership, senior vice presidents, and also some of the football ops people, is the same message I would say for the team, is that there are sparks and embers that are there, and all that needs to happen is for the thing to light. And I'm serious about that. Like, look at what Justin Fields has done this year. Like, that's a that's an ember, right? You know, sometimes you see these fires, and it's like, man, like, they're sparking, they're sparking, and they just catch. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen with Chicago. And no, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think the foundation has been laid. And Ryan Poles is a visionary, right? This dude has casted a vision for this team, and that's why I think you're going to see the Bears, not this year, but down the line, be a lot better team. And so I talked about my book, Let the uh, Change Starts With You, Following Your Fire to Heal the Broken World. It's available at sammachobook.com. They actually bought copies for all the entire staff so it was a great opportunity sounds like it would be a great christmas gift for anybody still looking for one two days until the big day also uh just a great book to read at the holiday season during your time off which was my pick during our holiday draft (laughs) earlier today not letting that one go but we are going to let you go sam appreciate the time thanks so much for joining us here on Keyshawn, j will and max thank you All right, coming up next, we'll get into a little bit more of that Buffalo-Chicago game. The Bills have a chance to lock up the AFC East this weekend with a win. Will it happen, or will it be a bear trap in Chicago? That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Georgia Bulldogs. Keep shopping and do what we do. TCU Horn Frogs. Michigan Wolverines. Job's not finished. Go blue. Ohio State Buckeyes. This is why you came to Ohio State. Welcome to the college football playoff. The college football playoff. Coverage begins New Year's Eve at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN 2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Call them the polar bears because it's going to be Arctic temperatures here in Chicago when the Chicago Bears play host to the Buffalo Bills tomorrow, one of the many games in Week 16 where frigid temps are looming, and we'll see how that's going to affect the football, but how that affects the outcome of the game. And maybe this is a trap game for the Buffalo Bills. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And right now on ESPN2, Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, I know that you will be in your warm lair while yes, I, I am freezing at Soldier Field tomorrow. Not complaining about it, just knowing right. that I've got to be strategic how I'm going to avoid getting frostbite. But this has been the big storyline all week for both teams. I know Buffalo had to come in on Thursday because there's a really serious blizzard happening in that area right now, up to two feet of snow. The winds are terrible. The temps are, are frigid, and it's the same here in Chicago. So we know the elements are going to be center stage during this game on Saturday. But the thought that I know some people are bringing up, because this is a Buffalo team that just finished a stretch of AFC East games, and they've got the Cincinnati Bengals next week, another primetime game for this team. And, you know, they've had that one circled for a while. The Bengals are surging at the right time. Some people think that they might be the best team in the AFC. Buffalo's going to have something to say about that. But sandwiched neatly in between all of that mm-hmm. is a game against the 3-11 and Chicago Bears. So, naturally, Freddie, you'd think this game should be no contest for Buffalo. But am I wrong for feeling like this might have a little trap game feel to it? I, I think – I don't want to say you're wrong. I think that's too strong of a word to use. But – I've always been a big believer that in the NFL, that's a second-by-second league, that every game is going to be something you got to be on your P's and Q's about. Because I go to the Houston Texans. 
They gave the Cincinnati, they gave the Kansas City Chiefs all they could handle last week. They've only had one win on the regular season. They did the same thing the week before when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. And the Bears, it would not surprise me if this is a close game, mainly because in the NFL, people don't realize how hard it is to win games. That's why Vegas has such a tough time laying out point spreads because usually the under is going to happen with teams that are underdogs because the NFL is so competitive. That's why you don't have that one great team or those great teams the way we're used to seeing. Everybody seems to be on sort of a level playing field. Some teams, of course, going to be better than others based on the records, based on the talent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you can have your team properly prepared and ready to go. But the NFL is so competitive that there's no such thing as an easy game going in. You may make it an easy game. We've seen that. But the Buffalo Bills, I'm not worried about them, Courtney, saying about a trap game and not having the right frame of mind. The one thing they're still playing for is a number one seed in the AFC. And right now they're tied to Kansas City Chiefs. They know they don't leave anything to chance because the last thing you need is to go into the game with not the right frame of mind. You lose to the Chicago Bears. The Chiefs win, and now they're one up on you as you're gunning for that number one spot. That's why I'm not buying that it's a trap game because the Buffalo Bills understand exactly what they have to play for, and they can't take any chances. They do, and to your point about the you know teams like Houston, Chicago, giving teams fits, and I mean Houston's done it the last couple of weeks in ways that I don't think we were expecting to see from a one-win team, and <laughs> the Bears did it to the number one team in the NFC last week when the Philadelphia Eagles came to town. That was a close game. Jalen Hurts threw two interceptions, his first two interceptions that he had thrown since Halloween at that point. And that's an MVP caliber quarterback right there. He also threw for 300 yards and ran for three touchdowns. But all of that's moot because it was a close game up until the very end. Now, do I think that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are going to come in here and struggle against this team? Not necessarily, but I do think that the elements are going to come into play to to determine how this game will play out. If it's 40-mile-an-hour wind gust on Mm -hmm. the lakefront, that's going to affect how the quarterback throws the ball. Because, you know, fortunately for Josh Allen, doesn't seem like the elbow is much of an issue anymore. But, you know, in moments like that, that's going to test the strength of your arm and that's going to test the strength of your passing game. Theirs is very good. He's, you know, like under 150 yards away from having another 4,000 passing yard season. And Stephon Diggs is one yard away from having a 1,300 yard receiving season. That'd be the sixth in franchise history. They've got all the weapons you need in the passing game to make that happen. But I'm wondering if the weather's going to make this game a battle of rushing attacks. Sure. The Bears are going to have the edge on that because, A, the quarterback, and they've got Khalil Herbert back coming off IR, so they've got their one-two punch with him and David Montgomery in the backfield. Well, remember this, because Josh Allen is a running game by himself. He leads the Buffalo Bills in rushing. So the last thing you may want to have to deal with if you're a Bears defense is having that guy hit you instead of the other way around. They run out of quarterback power. We'll put it this way. Josh, Josh Allen played at Wyoming. This kind of cold is not going to bother him. If anything, he's embracing the fact that I'm going to be tougher than you. I'm going to be more physical than you. And if he's able to wear you down doing that from the quarterback position because he's big and strong like that, there are going to be a lot of guys making, as Deion Sanders, the new coach of Colorado, says, we'll be making some business decisions in that fourth quarter. Because you're going to say, man, it's cold. It's Christmas Eve. I'm not going to get the present I want. And I got this six foot six, 250-pound behemoth running at me. There's going to be some business decisions made if he's going to do that and impose his will on a Bears defense that's going to be game. They just don't have that talent yet to kind of wall him off to keep him from doing what he's going to do for the Buffalo Bills tomorrow. 
All right, real quick, let's stay in the NFC North. How do you see that Vikings-Giants game playing out? Because there's a, a lot a of intrigue question. around that one. Yeah, the, the Giants know what's at stake, and I thought they got buoyed by a lot of confidence the way that they played on defense by winning that division game versus Washington. And Daniel Jones has shown he can be a really good quarterback with the right kind of coaching. And Minnesota, they're like, look, we're just going out there and do our thing. And we got to make sure we're not down 33 to nothing. We can't have that in back-to-back weeks. But this Giants-Vikings game, it's going to have a feel of a playoff game because both of these teams are trying to establish what they're going to do and what they're going to have to do to be worthy and have a deep run, at least some kind of run in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a close game going down to the final four minutes. All right, coming up next, is it curtains for Zach Wilson with the New York Jets following what happened on Thursday Night Football? We'll get into that next here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPNU. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.